You are listening to our Refinery Church podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Pastor Jared Wagner. Well, we've been in this series now. I'll be sharing today, Pastor Kelly, the next couple of weeks. So you survived me. Good for you. All right. And most of you stayed awake. So I'm glad. But we've been in this series called Joyful. And we've been going through the the book of Philippians chapter by chapter. And what a a great book. The Bible is amazing to me. And it hit so many different areas, so practical, so good, so understandable, but also very deep as well. So it's just incredible to go through over and over again. I bring my—I used to bring my Bible to work. Now I read on my phone. But there was a guy who would see me read year after year. And then he finally came up to me and he goes, you haven't finished that book yet? And I'm like, well, I, I read it again and again and again. It's a, a book that you can keep learning from. And I just thought it was kind of a, a funny question. But maybe it looks strange. Like, this guy's a slow reader. Like, five years later, he's still in this book. But this particular book in, in the Bible, the book of Philippians, is considered the book of joy. And we've talked about that over and over again. And you might be thinking, man, we just keep hammering this idea of joy and being joyful. Well, the Apostle Paul did that. Sixteen times in four chapters, he talked about joy or rejoicing. So when you go through Scripture, you just give Scripture. And so we're going to talk about joy again this morning. Last Sunday, if I can just wrap it up in one sentence, the Apostle Paul said, if you have Jesus, rejoice. Like you have reason to rejoice. When we were worshiping, I was feeling all kinds of emotions, you know, thinking about things that I need God's help in and his faithfulness. And I just thought, you know, we're talking about joy and rejoicing. That's a beautiful emotion. And it could always be there like the Apostle Paul because his joy was said in Jesus Christ. That doesn't change. But some of the other emotions are okay. You can sometimes be a, a little bit discouraged or feel like a little anxious about something and you're saying, Lord, take this anxiety and, and kind of wrestling with things or having some tears. Emotions are, are good and healthy. And so we're not trying to discourage other emotions when we're talking about being full of joy. But your joy can be there at all times, even in the midst of whatever is going on. The Apostle Paul really modeled that because he's writing this book of joy as he's in prison for sharing the faith of Jesus Christ. So he's being persecuted. He has someone chained to him and he's writing this book of joy, this letter to the church in Philippi. So really, really amazing. He was able to have that joy because his life was truly about Jesus. Remember, he said, if I live, then it's about Christ. And if I die, then, hey, it's a gain to me because I get to go be with the Lord. Right. His life was completely about the Lord. And he had a goal in mind, single focus goal of saying, I want to be like my Savior. I want to be like Jesus Christ. And that was it. If you asked him, what's your top goal? That's it. And everything else flows out of that top goal of wanting to be like Christ. He wanted spiritual perfection. How many believe that he arrived at it? No, he didn't arrive at it. He He was still in process. And we're going to learn that today. Right. Even the Apostle Paul wasn't perfect. But he said, I'm going after that. Hopefully that encourages us because none of us are perfect. 
And, and someone said, if, if you're married and you think you're perfect, let me talk to your wife, right? Or let me talk to your husband. We'll, we'll settle this really quick. But a, a Christian, somebody who's saved, is supposed to be like Christ. Now that's our, our chief goal is I want to be like the Lord. I thought of a, a race car. You know, some people have this, this really cool car or souped up engine, and they just like park it in their garage so people can come and see it. I'm like, a race car is meant to, be, to move and race and go. Or a racehorse, right? They, they get joy and pleasure in being in the race. Like, that's what they do. As a Christian, we need to be in the race, running the race of pursuing Jesus Christ. And our joy should come from that. That's who we are meant to be. Joy experienced moving towards the goal of being like Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 We'll read that on the screen. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So he's just making it clear, like if anybody has misconception, like I've got it all together, I'm a mini Jesus or something, he goes, look, I haven't obtained my goal. I haven't achieved it. And I'm not like Jesus the way I want to be. Right. And, and we would think, at least I would think, because Paul is sort of my kind of spiritual mentor. When I read the Bible, I'm like, man, that's the, the dude. I want to be like him. But the dude is telling me I'm not perfect and I need to keep pursuing Christ. That was part of his letter. And, and I, I would just think, man, if anybody could have achieved perfection, then it would have been the Apostle Paul. And you might say, well, isn't he perfect in Christ? Yes, he is. He has the righteousness of Christ accredited to him through faith in Jesus. So positionally, he's perfect. But he said, in practice, I've fallen a little short. And I want to be perfect like I am in my position as I'm practicing my life. In a strange way, that was an encouragement to me. Because sometimes I get discouraged in my shortcomings. And my attitude and not being like Jesus the way I want to be. And it's going, man, like I, I want to get over myself. I want to get over my sin and my shortcomings. I want to be like the Lord. And I see the Apostle Paul has that, that same fight and that same battle, that same desire. And he's saying, I'm not perfect. And so I can see, you know, God can still use me. God can still use you as we desire to be like Jesus, but maybe fall short at times, right? He can still use us. He used the Apostle Paul in incredible ways. He had incredible achievements. There was no single person that wrote more books of the Bible than the Apostle Paul. He went on three missionary journeys, years at a time, started 14 plus churches. And out of those churches, more churches started. He was the overseer of the churches. I mean, this man was used in incredible ways. But in Romans chapter 7, the same Apostle Paul writes that there's still a battle within. He said, the things that I want to do, often I don't do those. And the things that I don't want to do, sometimes I do. And he's saying here to the church, I haven't arrived. But I like what he did with his shortcoming. He didn't stop. He didn't say, well, I'm, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to be stuck in my discouragement. And maybe some of you feel that way when you wrestle with something or, or something that you haven't gotten past yet. And you're going, man, 
I'm just never going to arrive. I'm, God could never use me because of that action or that attitude and that shortcoming. And we see the Apostle Paul being used in incredible ways. And yet he was still in that race, pursuing his goal of being like Jesus. So what did he do when he came to the realization like, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not like Jesus. Did he give up? No, he didn't. He said, I press on. Like if you're a basketball player and maybe you're in the free throw line, you shoot 97%. That's amazing. Like that's like historic numbers. But you're still 3% off of perfection. So you're still in there practicing, still going after it and saying, man, I don't want to miss any of those shots. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. I'm pressing on. I'm going after my goal. I'm not stopping. But I want to be like Jesus Christ. The, the former basketball player who passed away, Kobe Bryant, his uh, Lakers were up 3-1 in a series, took four games to win the series. And afterwards, he was doing an interview, and they were asking about the game. And one of the guys said, like, Kobe, I haven't seen you smile yet. You, you don't look excited. And he looked at him so strangely, and he goes, excited for what? It takes four games to achieve what, I, what I'm going after. Three games is, is not what... I want to do here. I want to win the fourth game. He said, if I win the fourth, you're going to see me smile. And I thought the Apostle Paul is kind of like that. He's saying, I've achieved a lot. God has done such good work in me and through me. And yet I haven't perfected my spirituality. And I'm not perfectly like Jesus, but I'm going after it. This letter was written about 25 years after his conversion. So 25 years later, after he saved in this miraculous way, he said, I'm still going after it. I'm still pressing on. I'm not retiring. I'm not slowing down. I'm not putting in cruise control. I want to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And I love that 25 years later, he's going for it. I'm like, yes, like, let's keep going. Let's keep pursuing the Lord. If you're on earth, you're in the race, right? And when you're in heaven, then you're with Christ and these things will be yours. But we're still in the race. What is your ultimate pursuit? What are you going after? Are you going after Jesus Christ and being like him? There is joy experienced through focusing on one thing. We'll read in Philippians as the Apostle Paul wrote on Verses 13 and 14, he says, Brothers and sisters, repeating, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, about one thing, one focus, single-minded, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, theologians, the pastor, Somebody up at the podium, you, we need to keep advancing in our pursuit of Jesus Christ. We can keep growing. The Apostle Paul said, one thing I do, I focus, I have concentration on my goal and going after Christ, knowing the direction of your life. So you might say, I have like 30 goals. That's awesome. Have goals, have desires, have things you're going after, but make the top one your pursuit of being like Jesus Christ and everything else flows from that. Go after the Lord. Know the direction you're going. We're going to play a video 
of a football player who recovered a fumble and he lost his direction and he ended up going the wrong way, scoring a couple points for the opposite team. We'll watch that video. going the wrong way, right? I'm sure the fans were like, what would we know that way? That way you're going the wrong direction. So he picked it up and he lost his direction. Sometimes in life, we need to recalibrate and go, okay, where am I headed towards? Where is my goal? If we kept the video going, I love it. The guy from the other team goes up to him and like shakes his hand and congratulates. Good run, man, good run. Let's do it again, right? I, I kind of feel like the enemy is like that a little bit with us. Right, we, we get off course, we're going the wrong direction, and, and oh, hey, yeah, keep going down that path. And Jesus would say, no, turn around, the direction is this way. The Apostle Paul had a single-minded focus, one thing that he was doing, and he said, I'm not looking behind. How many of you realize you can't run a good race if you're running while well, looking behind, right? It doesn't work too well. you got to keep your focus ahead and strain forward. He said, I'm not looking back. And that means I think both good and bad, failures and victories. He's not looking back at the negative and saying, man, I really blew it there. You know, I wasn't the, the father that I wanted to be for my kids. And I made a mistake there. And my attitudes failed here and I messed up. And just kind of looking back at all the failures and then while looking back at all those things, not being able to really press forward in the right direction <clears throat> or looking back and, and just having that negative attitude I'm no good there's no hope for me I've failed too many times how can I be like Jesus or what about looking back to your old way and saying you know what that was kind of fun maybe I'll try that again and Apostle Paul said you cannot run the race looking back to those things you got to forget what's behind Leave those to, to the Lord, you know, and move forward in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Imagine if you're in a, a relay and you have a few other people in your relay in your team and <clears throat> some guy goes up to you and, and you're running together in the team and he's like, hey, I didn't train, <clears throat> didn't really eat well, we never win, the lane we have is the, the worst lane, you know, then you're like, dude, let's just be quiet and get in the race, like, come on. We have a, a race to run here. Let's go in the right direction. Sometimes we can be in a, a spot in life where we allow the things of the past to hinder us going forward towards Jesus Christ. But this to me, I believe as just a pastor, as somebody who's been in the church for, for a while, I see people looking back in this way that I'm about to talk about. And I think in some ways this hinders more than the other way. But this idea of looking back to past achievements. The Apostle Paul, as we learned last couple of weeks, had a huge list of achievements, but he wasn't resting on like, oh, look at what I've done already. I'm out of the race. I'm sidelining a cruise. I've done enough. No, he said this, that was past. And sometimes I hear, hear people saying, oh, 10 years ago, man, the Lord was moving. Like the spirit was moving. And man, the good old days. Or, you know, five years ago, I led somebody to the Lord. It was a great moment. Those are things to, to remember and to celebrate, 
But I feel like when I'm talking to somebody like that, well, well what are you doing now, though? Like you're, you're still alive. You still have a, a future. You're not in heaven yet. So this isn't the time to put on the brakes and put it in cruise control. Doesn't mean that positions don't change or things happen in life, but you're still pursuing being like Jesus. And so you might hear somebody in that similar race who one guy's looking back in the negative. Now this guy's going, do you realize three years ago I won this race? I broke the record. Man, I, I was the fastest guy. Do you ever hear somebody like that? You know, 40 years ago when I was playing football. I'm telling you, there was, you know, you're going, okay, that's cool. And this guy in the race is going, I'm glad you had a good race five years ago, but we're in this race. You can't live off the victory of five years ago. It's about gaining victory today and going towards the future in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul said, I'm forgetting what's behind, and I'm straining forward, going with everything I have. He didn't celebrate too early. He wasn't like, hey, good, like I've done it all. I'm going to stop now. And then have somebody pass him by. He said, run like you want to win the prize. We're going to watch another video of a, a runner who decided that he would celebrate it a tad early. And we'll see what happened. Here. Take my word for it. There's a moral to this. Uh, yeah, maybe next time. Wait that extra second before celebrating. A college track star learned the dangers of premature celebration. A runner from the University of Oregon thought he had the race locked up, started waving, pumping up the crowd, and he was passed by a runner from the University of Washington in the final seconds, not just the final seconds, the difference with a tenth of a second. The University of Washington wins. Yeah, just a bit of a disappointment there. You know, I, I wonder how many Christians, though, are going, yeah, I've done it. I've done this three years ago. I've done that four years ago. Woo! Dude, how many years do you have left? I mean, come on. Let's keep in the race all the way to the finish. If you've ever been in track, they say you don't run to the line. You run through the line, right? And you lean and give everything you are. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of like half a face because there was a total strain, everything you are, to get past that line. Do we run our Christian life like that? Are we giving everything we are? Are we single-minded towards the goal? <clears throat> the good news is on our path to the finish line, we become more and more like Jesus. I don't know any elementary school teachers or, or educators at all, the, the dot-to-dot -dot thing. You know, at first you're like, well, what is this thing? A bunch of dots, and then you connect the dots, you connect the dots. The further you go along, it's like, oh, I see it now. It's a, a puppy, a cute puppy eating a, a steak. Couldn't think of anything else. It's a cute puppy, okay? As we're running this race, we may, may never achieve perfection, but along the way we become more and more like Christ and people see Jesus in us more and more. We may, may never be sinless, but we can sin less and less and be more and more like Jesus Christ. <clears throat> there was a, a bicycle race uh, named Tour de France. Anybody ever hear that, of that race, big race? There was a guy named Greg LeMond. It was the, the last leg of the race. Uh, he was behind by 50 seconds, and people are going, like, there's no way he's going to be able to make up 50 seconds plus to win this race. It's totally impossible. 
<clears throat> so his frame of mind was, you know what? I'm not going to hear anybody else. They said, hey, put the earpiece in. We'll let you know where you're at in the race. If you need to push forward or anything like that. He's like, I don't want any of that. I just want to focus totally on the goal, on the finish line, and give everything that I have, and we'll see what happens. But I'm giving everything towards this goal. And let's watch this video and see what happens. No one falls and no one loses the last one. Good ending. Pignon now nears the same line. But the news at the finish line continues to say that this is going to be so very close. For me, winning the Tour de France in 1986, I had a very easy career up until then. I never really suffered. I had no bad days in 1986 tour. And then to go from the very height of the sport to getting shot and going to the very bottom. There's a period when, in my career, I was isolated. Nobody believed in me. Greg LeMond prepares to start the race. Mavic, one of my favorite companies, because they were supportive of the team when I wasn't racing well. And I, I know some of the family of Mavic, and I said it's an iconic family, and I think one of the strengths of Mavic is it's a family-owned business. Robert, je veux un aveu. Vous, vous aviez cru à un tel final? Vous croyez non, que ce serait? C'était impossible. Non, On pensait pas que, que Greg pouvait reprendre tant de temps à Laurent Fignon. And I believe when Laurent Fignon congratulated me the day before that uh, for my second place, said to myself, Laurent Fignon, you have lost the Tour de France. We had the same coach, Sylvie Mard, and the number one lesson he told us, the race is never over to the finish line. C'est un match de boxe à distance où ils échangent Stop. les coups. Deux minutes que Lehmann dépassait devant nous. And I believe that I won the Tour de France that year, not just because of the aerodynamics, but Laurent was too confident. He took a very slow start. And I was counting on that tactical. Extraordinaire, inouï, Greg Lehmann reprendrait le maillot jaune dans cette dans ce final des Champs-Élysées. Moment historique de ce Tour de France. Moment historique du Tour de France. Lanchignon, I heard that he was would count eight seconds for years later, thinking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and he lost the tour. Quatre, trois, deux. I believe I can win, but to really win and win by eight seconds, um, I can't tell you that. That's what the joy of that Tour de France was that surprise victory and being told that I won. But immediately I thought to my wife and I thought to the Giro Italia, I thought that I can't believe I was ready to quit. I didn't think I could do it. What I thought about was the last two years of suffering, suffering, suffering. Is it the same as when Greg won his first Tour de France or just a little bit different? It's a hundred million times better. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love a, a story of someone saying, I have a goal, I have a focus. I'm, I'm not going to worry about naysayers, people saying it's impossible, I can't do it. He's like, I'm focusing on the goal. And, and I like it. He said the day before, his competitor was in first place, hey, congratulations on second place. He's like, man, I got this guy because he's given up before the end, right? He thinks it's over. Let's make sure we keep pressing on towards the goal. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and first part of verse 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, of our faith. There's such joy when we're living the life that God enabled us to live through Jesus Christ. The, the final two verses we're going to read, Philippians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. 
says all of us then who are mature should take such a view of these things. Maybe you heard me preach and you go, that's cool for the Apostle Paul. Nice goal, buddy. Good job. But now we can't get away with that because the Apostle Paul saying now all believers should have that mindset. You're going, ah, man, I almost, almost said it was his thing, but it's Bible says it's all of our thing. I could say my goal is to, to partner with Pastor Kelly and have the biggest church in, in the block. Or I'd like to write three books. Or I'd like to be a social media influencer. Right? The, the chief goal is being like Jesus Christ. Is that really your goal? The Apostle Paul said that should be your life's desire. To be like your Lord and Savior. Worship team's going to come and, and close this in a song, and I want to pray for us. There, there's an old worship song that has a couple lines. It says, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, that's all I ask, to be like him. I think the Apostle Paul would, would have liked that worship song. That's his heart. Let's go after the Lord. But let me pray for you. Pray for us that God would be gracious and, and give us that passion, give us that, that fire for him. Maybe if you found yourself kind of being like that, that one person and you're going, oh, this stings a little bit because I kind of hear myself saying, five years ago, man, I was doing that. And 10 years ago, the Lord was moving. But I'm still alive. I still have purpose. I still need to go after the Lord. Or maybe you're here and you're going, man, you, you can say not to look back at failures and sin, but you don't know mine. Well, God knows yours. And he said, get up, turn back the right direction and get chasing after Jesus Christ. God is good. God is gracious. God is helpful. And if you put your faith in the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit who can empower you, who can move you in the right direction. So receive his grace. Receive his call again this morning, his passion for us to pursue the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Well, Lord, we come to you again this morning. We receive your grace, your goodness, Lord. You know, like the Apostle Paul, we fall short. And you know, that God, that it hurts us as your followers. We, we don't want to wrestle with sin. We don't want to fall short. But God, we want to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. More like our Savior, that we take up our cross and follow after him true disciples being like our master thank you Lord thank you help us God give us a passion give us a hunger for you that we would strain forward if someone's in here and they're 95 or somebody that's in here that's maybe a, a teenager Lord light that fire in both give us a passion for you and make it our goal to want to be like our Savior Jesus Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.